It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. It's Living the Breen with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Breen. This week on Live in the Bream, we have a very special guest I interviewed years ago when I was just starting out in the business. She was so kind to me and so genuine. So everything you know that you think you know about her, everything positive is all true and more. And she's got a brand new book. She's a speaker, best-selling author and teacher. Anne Graham Lotz joins us to talk about her new book, Jesus in Me. Anne, it's great to have you. Shannon, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you. You know, it's such an interesting topic and one that I think whether you are a Christian or not, you probably have a lot of questions about. Mm -hmm. But your book talks about the Holy Spirit as something more than just sort of this vague idea. Um, But even you say you yourself growing up in obviously a faith centered home, it was something you didn't even feel like you maybe got a ton of instruction about. And I know when you bring it up with people, sometimes folks are like, oh, that sounds creepy and weird. It's a ghost. What's happening? Um, tell us about your journey into writing this book and, and why you're broaching this conversation with folks. Well, you know, Shannon, I was raised in a committed Christian home where Jesus was loved and he was obeyed. Um, he was proclaimed, but I don't remember being taught about the Holy Spirit. And we went to church every Sunday, but he was referred to as the Holy Ghost, which was sort of off-putting for a little girl. You know, I didn't want to really know a ghost. And um, right, and yeah. So, and then when I um, became a young adult, I was studying the scriptures, the Gospel of John in particular, and learned more about who the Holy Spirit really is. And He's not a ghost. He's not um, mystical in the sense, sensational. He's he's not a flame of fire. He's not a dove. He's not an ecstatic experience or an emotion. He's not an it. You know, he is a living, invisible person. So, so just as Jesus is the exact representation of God, the Holy Spirit is the exact representation of Jesus. J- Jesus said in John 14 that the Father is going to give you another me. In other words, you know, or another counselor. So Jesus is a counselor, and God would give us another counselor, and the word another means exactly the same as. So the Holy Spirit is exactly the same as Jesus, just without his man's physical body. And when, when I, as a little girl, I confessed my sin, told God I was sorry, asked him to forgive me, believed Jesus died for me, invited him to come into my heart, he came into me, and I, I didn't know. I just asked Jesus to come into my heart, but Jesus understood. He, he's in a man's body up in heaven getting ready, I believe, to come back and rule the world. But he came into me in the person of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. So so the Holy Spirit literally is Jesus in me. And I think a lot of Christians, a lot of people who go to church, you know, the Holy Spirit is sort of a, a PS, and we have the the most important member of the Godhead, we think of God the Father, and then the beloved God the Son, but we don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. You know, he's, mm-hmm. we don't quite understand, and and yet he's the one who uh, Jesus said, he, he said, I won't leave you like orphans, I'm going to come to you, and he has come to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. I can actually have Jesus living inside of me. Yeah, and for a lot of people, when you talk about the Trinity or something like this, it's a little bit deeper theologically. Some of them, their eyes get glazed over, or they get confused, or they think, this sounds very hocus-pocus. I don't know what to make of this. So when you say that idea of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, what does that 
do? What does that mean practically? Um, is he guiding mm-hmm. us? Is he a conscience? Mm-hmm. What is that role? How does it play out in actual daily life? Well, uh, and it's such a great question because if we can't figure out how he works or how relevant he is, then it's like a never mind, you know. So, right. <laughs> um, so the last four years, this is when I wrote this book in the last four years. And four years ago, my husband, um, I found him unresponsive in our pool and rushed him to the hospital, put him on life support for two days. And then two days, uh, he, he went to heaven, two days uh, short of our 49th wedding anniversary, mm-hmm. uh, I buried him. And so I was suddenly thrust into the new normal of widowhood. Um, three years after that, my father went to heaven, and I became an orphan, really. And and then six months after my father went to heaven, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and have been going through a whole year of treatment, chemotherapy and radiation and, you know, all the meds and everything. And And so during that time has been when, and I think this is why God lets bad things happen to good people or disasters happen or disease, like, you know, because when we go through hard times that tends to be when we look up. That tends to be when we uh, pay more attention to God and uh, who he is than, than we do when everything is going well. Because mm-hmm. when things are going well, we, we mistakenly think we don't need him. You know, but when things Absolutely. are going bad or things are, then we need God and we, we cry out to him. And so the past four years, while I've gone through this journey and it's been difficult from hard thing to hard thing to hard thing, God has been there for me and the Holy Spirit has comforted He's guided, he's strengthened, he's helped. Um, my aha moment in all of this, Shannon, was so special because I, I thought when I asked Jesus in my heart that, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes in, that he was sort of assigned to me and that God would tell him, all right, you have to go into Anne because now Anne, Anne belongs to Jesus and you need to clean her up and make her good. And, and then one day the Holy Spirit would present me to God and say, well, I did the best with what I had. And, but I, I discovered that the Holy Spirit loves me. He's committed to me. So in the scripture, it says not to grieve him. And and grief is a love word. We only grieve for those that we love. I grieve for my husband, my father, my mother. But the Holy Spirit says don't grieve him. And we grieve him when we do the wrong thing, when we step outside of God's will or we sin or, you know, uh, break God's law or just do something that displeases him. And and the Holy Spirit loves us so much that when we do the right thing, he rejoices. We do the wrong thing, he grieves because he's emotionally involved in our lives. He, he's, he's committed to us, and he wants the best for us, and he wants to fill us with his, uh, a sense of his love and his nearness and his blessing. And, and I'll be honest, not, you know, I don't sense his presence 24-7, but I know by faith that he will never leave me, never forsake me. And at those difficult times, I mean, the hardest times, he has been there and he has carried me through. So I, I can tell you, Shannon, just from firsthand experience that the Holy Spirit is alive. He is real. He is an invisible person who lives in me and has enabled me to get through these last four years, not somehow, as I like to say, but triumphantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I so agree with you that when life is good and we're sort of on autopilot, we feel very self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And it's when we're in those darkest, worst valleys. Yeah. That's been my experience, too, is where you just are at the end of anything you could do yourself or any other human being could yeah. do for you, mm-hmm. um, that you really turn to the one resource yes. that is the only true resource yeah. if you are walking in the Christian yeah. faith. Yeah. Um, each of the things that you outline there would feel for most of us just devastating and crippling. 
Um, so when you say that you were sort of sustained through this mm-hmm. time with the Holy Spirit, you say in the book, he's more than just a helper. I mean, there's yeah. more to it. Yeah. Um, did you feel like there were times that uh, just in your prayers, I know that if you're of the Christian faith, you believe that um, there's intercession for us when we can't mm-hmm. even find the words yes. to pray. Sometimes you're yes. in such a terrible place. Mm-hmm. I know for me, sometimes my prayers have just been, God, help me. Yes. That's all I could get out. I <laughs> couldn't formulate anything prayer. else. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, is that part of this equation, too? It, it absolutely is, because the scripture says that the Holy Spirit prays for us. So I can tell you a prayer of desperation when um, I found my husband, and I had no words to pray at that moment. Mm-hmm. It was just, um, uh, it was a heart's cry, you know, help me. And and God did. And um, later, not so much when I was diagnosed with cancer, because the Holy Spirit had so prepared me that that diagnosis didn't surprise me. Mm. But when I went through my fifth round of chemo, it was horrific, and I didn't think I could take any more. And so I was praying those prayers of desperation, you know, God, I want to quit, and felt like he spoke to my heart and let me know that he had healed me and answered the prayers of other people. So I asked him then, if, if that was so, could I claim the healing by faith and just not finish out my chemo? I had two more treatments. And yeah. and he spoke to me. The Holy Spirit just whispered to me from Second Kings 5 that when Naaman went to Elisha and wanted to be healed of his leprosy, and Elisha told him to go dip in the Jordan River seven mm-hmm. times. And Naaman didn't want to because it was dirty and muddy. And But Elisha said, if you dip seven times, you'll be healed. And and I had two more treatments to go, and I didn't want to do it because it was so horrific. But but I felt like the Lord was telling me, and you you go through your seven chemo chemo treatments, and you'll be healed. And so I did, and then mm-hmm. followed through on with the radiation because um, I felt God told me to do what my doctor said. But but I will tell you that when we have those prayers of desperation, and where God hears hears those prayers, so. Our God is a prayer hearing, a prayer answering, a miracle working, covenant keeping God. And I, I can tell you that. In fact, in the book, I relate, you know, other experiences where he has answered not audibly and not immediately and not sometimes in a, some sort of a miracle. But he just takes you through and gives you wisdom and brings people alongside to help you and bless you. And you look back and you, you think, my goodness, I've been walking through this valley of the shadow and I'm I'm making it, you know, um, with uh, re- regaining some of my strength, my health. And I know it's because the Holy Spirit has seen me through. Mm-hmm. What would you say to people? First of all, I mean, we've got several different audiences, maybe people of no faith at all, mm-hmm. who this sounds, um, you know, it's not their vocabulary. And so to hear these kinds of things, they're like, wow, these concepts are strange. And yes. um, maybe it doesn't make any sense to me. But also, um, you know, the audience that... We have of um, people who are practicing the Christian faith, believers who would say, I'm stuck in a terrible place and I'm not being healed or it's, I, I'm not going away. How, how can I find comfort in the midst of that? Well, I, I want to speak to the people who have no faith and and tell them that God is inviting them. God loves them. God God loves a person who has no faith as much as he loves a person with faith. You know, mm-hmm. God, God loves the whole world and God loves you and he invites you and me not into a religion and not into a denomination and not into a tradition not even into a church god invites us into a personal relationship and that's what jesus in me is it's god coming to live within us you you can't get more personal more intimate than jesus in me and so it's about a it's about a relationship it's not something spooky it's not something weird 
it's it's the life of Jesus on the inside of you. And then to grow in your faith, then you need to read your Bible, and that's where he speaks to you, and you pray where you talk to him, and you begin to develop that relationship until it gets stronger and stronger, and it can carry you through those deep, dark times. So for people who are are believers, and they're going through that deep, dark time, all I can say is that I've been through those deep, dark times, and it's been Jesus in me who has carried me through. But I think many Christians, Shannon, they sit in church, and they go through the motions, but they're not developing their personal relationship with God. They're not spending time in prayer. They're not spending time in God's Word. They're not spending time living out what God says. They're not spending time serving Him. And then a crisis hits, and they don't have that strong faith and foundation to draw from. So I think it's very important, before the crisis comes, that we develop our personal relationship with God so that it's strong enough to carry us through the hard times because life is hard and, and things are going to happen. And I pray they don't for the, our listeners, but but I expect you know sooner or later something's going to happen and they're going to wish they had a strong foundation of faith that would carry them through. So mm-hmm. so don't wait until that crisis happens. You You do it now and develop that relationship plus the relationship with God through faith in Jesus and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is is the joy of my life. You know, so so if it never carried me through another crisis in itself, it's worth every moment of time that I invest in it. And I'll tell you one thing. Um, I've discovered that loneliness is um, affecting the statistics, I believe, are 22% of adult Americans feel so lonely from time to time that they have suicidal thoughts and that loneliness is in an epidemic among millennials. And, and I felt loneliness knocking at my door during these last four years. Um, I was thrust into widowhood and then, in a sense, being an orphan and handling things like bills. I paid bills for the first time. My husband always did that. I had to make these these life decisions about doctors and treatments and all that, in a sense, by myself. But I never, loneliness never came in because I wasn't alone. I had the constant companionship of the Holy Spirit. So, so for people out there who, um, whether you're you have faith or you don't. Uh, I expect there are times when you feel desperately lonely, and um, and the Holy Spirit can fill fill that void and uh, give you a sense of His presence, His love, His companionship um, that that makes life worth living and takes the drudgery out of life, takes the burden out of life. Yeah, and and I noticed that you dedicated the book. To the lonely. Yes. And um, it really is, when you see the statistics, um, sort of a stunning uh, look at the numbers of how people feel so isolated yes. at a time when we're told that our communities and our world is more connected than ever. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in especially, you mentioned millennials, and in talking to them and even the generation behind them, young people, uh, so many of them have these virtual relationships yes. uh-huh. um, and social media yes. can be a plus or a minus yes. in their life. Yes. I mean, I've actually made friends through people that I've yes. met uh, on Twitter or something else and then actually have a chance to meet them in person and, and have a lovely friendship. Mm-hmm. But I think that so many people also look at social media and it makes them feel lonely or yes. um, isolated yes. because we all put the best of what's going on usually yes. in our lives on social yes. media where people see trips and weddings mm-hmm. and babies and things that, you know, promotions that maybe they feel like they don't have in their own lives. Do you think that social media in some ways is contributing to that loneliness factor? I'm sure that it is because it keeps us on sort of a superficial level. And we're busy, busy, busy um, contacting our, you know, followers or our friends, as we call them, and, and building our 
following and our friends and increasing the numbers, but it really doesn't satisfy that need for um, an in-depth relationship. And uh, I think I think the human heart longs for someone who understands us, who knows us, who loves us. And that's who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit understands you and me better than we understand ourselves. He knows us inside and out. And knowing everything there is to know about us, he loves us and he's committed to us and he wants the best for us. And and we can trust him so we can confide in him. He never breaks a confidence. You know, he's not going to deceive us or betray us. And he's somebody we can count on. And that kind of relationship is... Um, you know, it's it's rare in life with another person, but it's it's what God offers to us through the person of his spirit. So social media is a wonderful thing. And of course, I use it in my ministry. And I, I thank God for the way we can connect with people around the world. And I'll tell you, Shannon, just take this opportunity to thank people who may be listening, who have prayed for me, because that call to prayer went out around the world and thousands of people have prayed for me. And I know God has heard and answered their prayers. So I I thank God for social media, but I don't want to substitute those virtual friends and all those followers and all that for for a one-on-one relationship, whether it's with my friends or my family, but especially with the Holy Spirit, who there's no friend like him. And uh, he's and uh, you know you just have to read the whole book, but but he is more wonderful than you and I can even imagine, and more wonderful than certainly I could write about in just one book. And the, and the book is not theological treatise; it's not um, a complete paper on the Holy Spirit at all. It's it's my experience. It's like my memoirs on who the Holy Spirit has been to me uh, during my lifetime, with the emphasis in the last four years. Yeah. So your best advice um, to people who say, okay. Um, maybe I'm a Christian and I haven't learned about this as much as we talked about in the beginning. So many people can spend years in church and not hear a lot about the Holy Spirit. Um, Your best advice for those who want to cultivate this relationship, is it just time in the Word, time in prayer, or just saying, God, I don't know how this whole thing works, but my heart is open and I want to learn more? I I think you can start right there, just where you just said, and just say, God, my heart is open, I want to learn more. And, And we draw near to God, and the Bible says He will draw near to us. And so the first thing I think we just tell him and then open up our Bibles. And uh, I suggest maybe starting in the Gospel of John um, and you read and just you don't have to read a whole chapter at a time or you can read through the book if you want and then go back and just read paragraph by paragraph and and ask God, what, what does it say and what are things I can learn from this and how does this apply to my life? And and just listen for the spirit to whisper because it's a still small voice. You know, when Elijah ran from um, Jezebel, and he was hiding in a cave, and he was told to come outside the cave that God was going to meet him there, and there was an earthquake and a fire and a strong wind, but God wasn't in any of those things, and then there was a still, small voice, and that was the voice of God, and God speaks to us through his word, but it's a, I think he can get our attention through the earthquake, the fire, and the wind, <laughs> but but he <laughs> speaks to us in a still, like, for me, it's just whispers. I'll, I'll read a verse and it's just I'll go back and reread it and think, you know, God is speaking to me through this and um and we never know for sure because we at least me, I live by faith, but I talk to the Lord about whatever it is that I think he's saying to me and then I pray it and then lay claim to it if I feel like he's confirmed it and apply it, live it out. And I've done that enough so that I recognize his voice when he's speaking to me through scripture. So so it's a process. There's no quick fix. But but it starts, like you said, just drawing near to God, asking him to draw near to us, spending time reading our Bibles, and then 
than talking to him about what we read. So prayer is you don't have to be formal. You don't have to use King James English. You can talk to him <laughs> like you would talk to your friend and just talk to him about what he's just seemed to say in his word and, and ask the, the Holy Spirit is the one who opens our minds and helps us to understand the scriptures. Ask him to open your mind. You may not understand everything, but could you understand one thing from what you've read this morning or, or tonight? You know, just just be simple. Keep it brief and, um, and ask him to start um, making it real and relevant for you. Live it out. And I would encourage people to, to get into a church that loves Jesus, loves his word, would help you um, understand it, give you Christian friends, because that kind of fellowship also can help you develop that relationship with God. Well, you've been through so much the last few years. And as you said, we often learn the most through our most painful times. So I thank you for being willing to share all that and to use your life as a lesson for people who are searching for something deeper. And, um, you know, an important part of the puzzle that a lot of people, even people of faith, um, may be missing in their lives. Uh, the book is Jesus in Me. We've been talking with Ann Graham Lotz. Um, and thank you so much for your time. Shannon, thank you so much. I enjoy talking with you and look forward to the next time I see you face to face. Sounds good. God bless. God bless you. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.